0: Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the Bar Page, where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com, and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bar Bartender, the VIP image on that page in your browser, and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's BSNBars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network.
1: Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go.
2: Joined by a special guest Mason Plumlee. I thought he was going to knock that ref out in L.A. <laughs> Coaches will get testy <laughs> with officials, but to run out onto the court and yeah. cut him off—I've yeah. never seen that before. You should have taken a charge on him. Though, <funny>.
1: Welcome to
2: BSN Nuggets Podcast. We are presented by InWego, the subscription that can get you into almost any event in Denver with promo code BSN50. Harrison went here alongside Christian Clark, Wednesday edition of the show. We're gonna touch on some final thoughts from the Nuggets win the other night over the Raptors. Look ahead to this game Wednesday night against some magic. What is that? The third game of a five-game road trip. I think a winnable game for Denver. Where I wanted to start, though, Christian, I read an article today on ESPN.com. Heard of it? The article was titled, Five on Five, Who is the Second Best Team in the West? Five esteemed NBA writers went toe-to-toe arguing who the second best team in the West might be. Arguing might be putting it a, a bit much, but five NBA writers, Andre Snellings, who... I hadn't heard of before today. Apparently, does a lot of fantasy stuff for ESPN. Brian Windhorst, Royce Young, Kevin Pelton, Chris Heron—they all answer that question: Who is the second best team in the West? Andre Snelling said the Rockets. Brian Windhorst said he doesn't know, but then pandered to the Lakers. Royce Young said the Thunder. Kevin Pelton said Thunder. And then Chris Herring said, for now, it's hard to argue against the Clippers. For your money, who's the second best team in the West right now? Wait, Royce Young said the Thunder?
4: Yeah, shocker, I know. Okay, wow, that, that that's insane. Um, <laughs> the disrespect, Harrison, the disrespect makes me want to pound my fist on the table. I just did that. I hope you heard that at home. Um, the Nuggets are the second best team in the West. Come on. They've got the third best net rating in all of basketball, the best net rating in the Western conference. I mean, just look at some of these wins so far over the Lakers at Portland at OKC going into Toronto against a team that had won 20 of its first 24 games with an MVP candidate in Kawhi Leonard, knocking them off despite injuries to two of their starters and turning the ball over 20 times.
2: I mean, come on, come on. Yeah. They've got a good win profile, too. They've beaten pretty much every below 500 team they've gone up against, except maybe the Nets. I don't remember if the Nets were 500 at the time, Uh, but anyways, that's kind of their only bad loss, I would say, uh, on the resume right now. I think they're the second best team in the West. I would have written them in if I had this question posed to me. I think it's pretty clear. Are they going to be the second best team at the end of the season? That's still up for debate. You could probably make a good argument for a lot of teams. You could Probably make an argument for the Rockets. You could make an argument for the Thunder. You could make an argument for maybe Portland. Maybe Utah even. They've been bad, but it seems like they're getting things in gear here. You could make an argument for a lot of teams. That's not really what the question was, though. I think it's undisputed. The Nuggets are the second best team in the West right now. They're playing like the top team in the West right now. Right now, the Nuggets are playing better basketball than the Warriors. I know the Warriors have been banged up. They were without Steph Curry for a while. They're still without Draymond Green. But those guys have not been playing better basketball than the Nuggets right now. I don't think that's a Homer opinion, being in Denver, covering this team every day. I think it's just fact. Looking at this team from the eye test, they're playing great right now. This is the best basketball they played under Michael Malone. I think they're easily the second best team in the West, maybe even the first right now. Nikola Jokic, just
4: a brilliant performance against the Raptors. I need your opinion on something. I think that we can all agree that his most impressive pass of the night was that sideways cannon to Jamal Murray in right. the corner. I've never seen anything like that. That was just ridiculous. It, it went viral and rightfully so. But there are so many ridiculous passes to choose from. Did you have a second favorite Jokic pass of the night behind that one? A second favorite assist?
2: The one he had to Tory Craig in the opposite wing when he was kind of, or was he like on the elbow and then floated it to Tory Craig on the opposite wing? It kind of reminded me of that jump shot pass he had a week or so ago to a cutting Paul Millsap where he was really the only one in the arena and watching who kind of knew where he was going with that pass when he made it. That was a good one. Did you have another one in mind?
4: That was my favorite one. I put that in the Golden Nuggets installment from last night. But only Jokic is capable of pulling something like that off. I mean, Serge Ibaka was all up in his grill. Jokic was leaning backwards. He wasn't even looking at Craig, who's probably thirty feet away or something like that, just completely opposite sides of the court. And he just lost one right on the money to him. <laughs> I mean, that was just ridiculous. There, were, there are so many to choose from last night. You know, Jokic and Plumlee nice minutes. He had a pretty nice lob pass, but just dime after dime after dime. I mean, one of the most impressive passing displays I've ever seen, I think.
2: Do you remember this pass from last year? And I'm not sure if I'm describing it exactly right, but Jokic was stationed to the paint, kind of got an entry pass and flicked the ball over to the opposite corner with one hand. Am I describing that pass right? Which game was this? I mean, it was a game last year. I don't remember what game it was. But I thought it was one of his better passes ever. I don't know. If anybody remembers what pass I'm referring to, hit me on Twitter about it. We need to put a compilation together of his best passes, though, sometime. That would be a gaudy project to undertake. It'd be uh, it'd be a passion project for sure. I think the people would appreciate it, though.
4: Yeah, that's a that's a good summer project. I believe uh, Adam Mars over at Denver Stiffs did a, like, the book of Nikola Jokic passes. Maybe that was last summer or the summer before. Oh, yeah. But there there have been a, a lot of dimes since then.
2: Maybe it's in there. Maybe it's in there.
4: What would you set the pass, passing mixtape to? What song? Like some Serbian pop?
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I had to think about that. What would you set it to? Definitely
4: some Serbian pop music, which Jokic listens to in the locker room after big ones and apparently
2: annoys his teammates. <laughs> Nicole Jokic bounding out of the locker room in Ninja Turtle underwear singing to some Serbian rap song. That's an image I have ingrained in my mind. <laughs> Nicole Jokic. What do you think about the uh, the pub that pass did get? Like, it's funny when he does get a pass like that, and suddenly he's showing up on ESPN. Suddenly the ringer writes a profile about him. Well, suddenly Bleach Report sends out the notifications. And then, especially when they're on the road, visiting team reporters will always ask Nuggets players about that stuff. They're like, man, like, what'd you think of that pass? Like, a bunch of guys asked Jamal Murray about that pass last night. A bunch of Toronto reporters are, you know, how'd you know he was going to throw that pass? And Nuggets players just pretty much say, we practice with this guy every day. He does this stuff 24-7, 365. It's no shock to us. And I feel that to an extent, but even when he has passes like that still, and I've watched every game he's played in a Nuggets uniform for these last three plus years, it still gets me out of my seat, though.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I swore in my couch whenever he did that side wander pass last night. I was like, holy S. I
2: think I made some like, inaudible noise that probably really weirded my neighbors out. Probably like, what is going on there? What's that guy watching? Yeah, oh, Don't worry, it's just a Nuggets game.
4: Whenever Jokic goes into one of those zones like he was in last night, you know, it's almost reminiscent of his game against the Milwaukee Bucks in February, where he recorded the fastest triple double in NBA history. I feel like I'm just making like noises like a schoolgirl or something, <laughs> yeah. which is not very professional. But also, I mean, can you blame me? Like, it's just ridiculous. He's just go- like, it, he's on a higher plane of existence than everybody else.
2: What do you think of his game last night in general? I said this on the radio today, but. I feel like he had the perfect balance of looking to score and looking to be aggressive and also playmaking. We know he's never going to take a bad shot. Most of the time, he's going to turn down a good shot for a great shot, but Nuggets players will say this. If you ask Gary Harris, if you ask Jamal Murray, they'll all say this. When he's looking to score like he was last night, when he's in that aggressive mode, that raises their ceiling. It might not be what he wants to do every time out there, but when he's playing like that, the Nuggets play at an entirely different level. Do you feel like that? Yeah, and
4: they're still a, a really good team when Jokic is only a distributor and he, and he's scoring right. like six points. But they're, you know, I, I think one of the five best teams in the NBA. I mean, they're the best of the best whenever Jokic is scoring it and, and passing it, and not even to the level he did last night, which was just insane, and you can't even come close to doing that every game. But, yeah, when he's doing a little bit of both – that's when the Nuggets are their, their most dangerous, and I think for you know the Nuggets to have playoff success, Jokic is going to have to find that balance and be a scorer as well. I mean, I just don't think that they're going to get by, uh, you know, in the playoffs with, with Jokic only being a distributor. And you know, I don't expect that. I mean, I think he's going to be able to do both. I, I'm pretty confident in him.
2: Let's go ahead and take a break, real quick. Got some more thoughts on this game on the other side. Got a couple of questions on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline that we'll get to, and we'll look ahead to this game Wednesday against the Orlando Magic. We'll be right back.
1: This podcast is presented by In We Go, the subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can for only thirty nine bucks per month with no additional cost or fees. You heard that right: as many events as you can fit into your schedule for only thirty nine dollars per month. Brandon Spanos here, and he's going to tell us a little bit about it.
0: Yeah, guys. This year alone, I've been to Avalanche Games, Nuggets Games, Rockies Games, Rapids Games, Buffs Games. I've been to concerts, uh, beer tastings, food festivals. I even went to a few comedy shows, so it's literally changed my life. <laughs>
1: if it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that Inwego can get you in. And here's where it gets good we've partnered with Inwego to give BSN listeners a great deal. Go to inwego.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50 when you subscribe to get 50% off your first month. That's right. All the events you can handle for less than $20 for your first month. Try it and fall in love with it like we did here at BSN Denver. Go to inwego.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50.
2: Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Inwego, Harrison Wind and Christian Clark here recording Tuesday night, technically. We're putting will put this out Wednesday, though. Maybe the biggest storyline in the grand scheme of things from the other night in Toronto, Gary Harris goes down. I touched on this a little on yesterday's show, but he's going to miss this game Wednesday in Orlando. How many games he'll miss at this point, I don't know. The Nuggets haven't released anything on his availability going forward. He did put out a pretty cryptic Instagram picture, though just before we started recording here on Tuesday evening. I don't want to read too much into it. I'll wait to hear something uh, official until drawing a conclusion to a social media post. But let's just play along and say, well, he's definitely going to miss this game in Orlando. We know that. Nuggets have already ruled him out. Going forward, if he misses some more time, let's talk about who's going to step up in his place. Let's start here, though. Who do you think starts in Orlando here on a Wednesday night? Torrey Craig. Why do you think that? That's just who Michael Malone trusts. And right. we just
4: had a game where Tory Craig got a spot start and the Nuggets got one of their more impressive wins of the season in Oklahoma City uh, on the second night of a back-to-back against a pretty good Thunder team. I mean, I I, I can understand why you know a lot of fans and, and whoever would want Malik Beasley in there because Malik has been awesome um, in, in the minutes he's been given this year. But I, I just think Michael Malone trusts Tory Craig a little bit more. Um, and, you know, I would I would personally probably go with Beasley, but I, I can understand why you'd go with Craig.
2: Personally, I don't know. That's tough. I might go Craig, but I can make the case for Beasley. Anybody can make the case for Beasley probably. Beasley, 15 of 25 from three over this last stretch of games. He's absolutely on fire from deep. Huge game in Toronto, 6-8 of eight from the field. He was a plus 11, second highest plus minus on the team behind Jokic off the bench in 27 minutes. He'll play a lot in Harris's absence, that's for sure. He'll probably close a lot of games. Malone's going to probably ride the hot hand that night between him or Torrey Craig when it comes to that fifth spot in the lineup to uh, close games. I agree with you, though. I would be pretty surprised if this wasn't Torrey Craig. He started the second half against Toronto, and I thought he played really well against the Raptors. Look, if Torrey Craig's hitting two of three from three-point range in most of his games this season, you can play him alongside Milsup. You can play him alongside this Nuggets starting five. It's when he's not a threat from three-point range. It's when the defense isn't guarding him from beyond the arc, and they probably still won't guard him even after this two or three performance. No real surprise there. That's when the spacing kind of had some issues earlier in the season. Then opponents really mucking up the paint against Denver. But if he can at least hit like 35% of his threes, Paul Millsap shooting better from three, I think that starting lineup could have a little higher upside than it did two, three weeks ago.
4: Yeah, I mean, it just can't be a situation again where the the defense is completely ignoring Torrey Craig because that's the point it got to where – the Nuggets ultimately made a change and went with Wancho in there. Craig was 5-for-31 from three-point range going into Monday's game in Toronto. Like you said, he, he knocked down a pair of threes, and that's the biggest key for him. He's just got to be a respectable shooter from, from outside. It looked like he lost a little confidence in his outside shot the beginning part of the year. And it was strange because he, he shot three-ball really well when he was in the G League, and he was a pretty good outside shooter when he played overseas, so he's done it in other leagues and other situations where, you know, the opponents aren't quite as fast or ath- as athletic, but he's just gotta be respectable, not get him down from outside.
2: Yeah, the windows are a little tighter in the NBA to get your shot off. Those yeah. defenders <laughs> close in a little faster than they do over in Australia when you're playing against the Brisbane Bullets every night, not the Toronto Raptors and Kawhi Leonard. The Perth Wildcats. <laughs> the Perth Wildcats. Bryce Cotton good player though. Baller. Don't be surprised if we see him in the NBA soon here.
4: Yeah. What if the Nuggets make like a surprise run to the Western Conference finals this year and Perth is sitting at home like,
2: man, we're right there. Like we're pretty much as good as this Western Conference finalist team. Perth wasn't only right there against this Nuggets team. They were right there against this Nuggets team at full strength or as close to full strength that they've been at any point this season. Before Will Barton went down, they had their, uh, Full allotment of players Nuggets did in that exhibition game against Perth. you know, Minus Isaiah Thomas, of course. But here's the really great thing about Torrey Craig. He's a nice little strategy piece Mike Malone has off the bench. Because you always know what you're going to get from him. You're going to get the hustle. I personally love how he crashes the glass. He's got a really good knack for timing, rebounds that clang off the iron and going to chase them down. He's really good at reading the ball off the rim. He's the best offensive rebounder in his position in the league. He's got the best offensive rebounding rate out of all small forwards in the league right now. And so he's valuable. He's valuable when he's out there. Pulled down uh, three offensive rebounds, I believe, against the Raptors in just 17 minutes, four rebounds total. That's the value you're getting with him. So, He's the guy who's going to muck things up in a game against Toronto where maybe you need a little more energy. Maybe he's the guy who can give it to you. But yeah, I expect him to start. Malik Beasley will play a big role as well. And this is another case where uh, Denver's depth is going to come in handy because I'm not sure how long Gary Harris is going to be out for.
4: I believe I've told you before in this podcast that during my junior year of high school uh, on, our, on our basketball team, we, we briefly broke the huddle with Muck It Up.
2: Yeah, I love these stories. There's nothing better than Texas high school basketball stories.
4: One, two, three, Muck It Up! <laughs> All right, en- enough about Muck It Up, though. Um, just a little bit more in Malik Beasley here. He was so good in, in this game against the Raptors, Raptors. Six or eight from the field, 15 points. Every time he gets out in transition, he's, he, he's just dunking it. Like he, He's sprinting ahead of the pack. He's just hammering it. He's an incredible athlete. I mean, and the NBA is the freaks among the freaks. And and even among that population, Malik Beasley is standing out. The three ball as well, uh, knocked down all three of his three-point attempts last night. You know, we've talked a lot about how there was an emphasis on Malik being a little more balanced in his three-point shot. I think a lot of the time last year, he was fading backwards going to the sides or jumping forward. I think he's a lot more straight up and down. yeah. And this is coming from the Nuggets coaching staff too. I mean, the biggest thing they've talked about with Malik is, is just kind of accepting his role and fitting into what the team is trying to do. Malik is doing that. I mean, he knows that hammering it in transition, getting out and running is one area where he can contribute. He knows he has to defend. And he knows that he's got to make quick decisions on offense, that that .5 mentality Mike Malone hit on um, a little bit earlier in the season. And I think he's doing all those things. It's just We're watching a, a player just grow up right before our eyes.
2: Yeah, we are. And I wouldn't be surprised if we look at him in a couple years and he's a starter in this league. Maybe not if it's not in Denver, maybe somewhere else. I, I want to get your take on what happened at the end of the game. This was something I did not touch on the other night. What do you think of the touch foul that the refs called on the Raptors that gave Jokic that one free throw before he hit the two at the end of the game. Serge Ibaka committed the foul. Seven seconds left. The Nuggets are inbounding. Fair or foul, in your opinion?
4: Ooh, I think in a vacuum it was a fine call, but in in the flow of the game, like they were letting a lot of stuff go in that game. It, it got pretty physical, so. I can understand why Raptors fans would have been frustrated, but I think it was probably the right call, although I think it kind of stuck out because they were letting a lot of stuff go in the flow of the game. I thought it was the
2: right call to make, too. It's a point of emphasis all year. Every team has had to deal with that touch foul, the freedom of movement type thing. Some teams, like the Nuggets, have adjusted to it really well. Some teams, like the Utah Jazz, have not adjusted to it really well. So that's a call that's been made all year long and it was the right move to make it at the end of the game there. The other thing I've got to say about that is this isn't a knock on Jokic in any way. This is actually something he does maybe better than anybody else in the league. He's one of the best embellishers of fouls in the league, and it's crazy because that's kind of like a skill right now. It sucks, but it is. James Harden, who just won MVP... He's the best flopper in the league, probably. Jokic is right there, up there with him. He's really good at drawing foul calls, and he's really taking advantage of this freedom of movement stuff. Fans might get annoyed with it. Other teams might get annoyed with it. But, I mean, it's getting him calls, it's getting him to the line. It gets the Nuggets a lot of easy points. When you're a star player, you've got to know how to embellish calls a little bit. Yeah, Jokic is an
4: incredible actor. He uh, is. Can you ever see a scenario where he makes a cameo in a movie? After he his has. Plane? He's made
2: a cameo on a Serbian soap before. Oh, oh my God. You're right. I, <laughs> yeah. I know Like, there's that gif it was that's in, always on Nugget's Twitter that's from that. It was in the eventful summer two summers ago when you know he got the horse and he was washing the horse and uh, you know, all those workout pictures were coming out with uh, his godfather and whatnot, and then all of a sudden he shows up in the soap.
4: What a glow up.
2: It was a badder summer for uh, for the Joker.
4: Yeah, he's just an expressive dude. I mean, him complaining to the refs literally made Zach Lowe's 10 things column last week. That's how, I guess, demonstrative Jokic can get.
2: Before we move on here, i got two questions I want to get to on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. I've got to tell you guys about Total Beverage. Because what if I told you you could order your liquor on a mobile app and have it delivered to you the same day and save money doing it? Well, Total Beverage who now delivers to most of the metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. It's exactly what you can do. They've got the lowest prices in the state. They're locally owned and operated. So you're helping out the local guy. And you're also saving a lot of money on your wine, beer, liquor, and spirits. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off a $50 purchase or more on their website and app. If you guys are looking for liquor for this weekend, if you're looking to throw a party, if you're looking for beer you've got to hit up Total Beverage. They got the cheapest prices. They'll deliver it right to your door. And with promo code BSN10, BSN10, you can save $10 off a $50 order for all your holiday parties and have it delivered right to your door. Again, you got to use their website or app, punch in promo code BSN10 for $10 off a $50 purchase from Total Beverage. Without further ado, let's head over to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. Again, if you guys have a question for the show, 1-800-BSN-8394 is the number to call. 1-800-BSN-8394. Let's hear from our buddy Chris.
3: Hey, it's Chris in Denver. Um, Question I have about – the only question I have about the game in this recent stretch, um, you guys know it's been great. I don't really need to say much more than – you know, anything that the that the box scores don't say. But one thing I've been noticing is uh, I've been noticing an increased chemistry in the two-man game with Murray and Jokic. Um, still not there yet. Still not perfect. I mean, Murray had seven turnovers. Some of them I thought were a little, eh. But some were bad, too. What do you think about the improvements of those two in the two-man game? With Gary Harris out, it seems like they're forced to work on their chemistry and develop a better two-man game. Where do you see that going? What does that do to the ceiling of the team? And um, are we ever going to see this team fully healthy? It just seems like no matter what, we're always going to be missing a starter. But anyway, it was a great win. Uh, Love the show. Can't wait to see you guys uh, or to hear you guys recap it. Keep up the great work, and go Nuggets. All
2: right, Chris, thanks for the call. As always, straight to the point. I like it. Yeah, I don't know if we're ever going to see this team fully healthy, as we were just talking about. But, hey. It's they, torture.
4: <laughs> it's torture because this starting five that we talked all summer about right. has just crushed it in such a limited sample size. And I don't know. Now it's like we might not even see it until January.
2: Right. I don't know, depending on when uh, Will Barton gets back, depending on how much time Gary Harris misses. I don't know when we'll see it again. And also, I put out this article on bsendeavor.com today. If you're subscribed, of course you can read it. If you're not subscribed, you guys are really missing out, but you're in luck because this article is now free on bsndenver.com. So go check it out. But it's five numbers that really define and tell the story of this nugget season right now. One of the numbers was zero. Is zero technically not even a number? I didn't even think about that. Is it technically a number? Uh, I don't know. I was a journalism <laughs> major. <laughs> We need some mathematician to hit us up and tell us if zero is actually a number. Anyways, zero was one of my numbers because the Nuggets have played exactly zero minutes with a fully healthy roster. I know they were, had everybody at the beginning of the season, but they had no Isaiah Thomas. They had no Jared Vanderbilt. They had no Michael Porter Jr. I don't know if they'll have Michael Porter Jr. for this year at all, but disregarding him, they didn't have Isaiah Thomas. Didn't have Jared Vanderbilt. This team has not been fully healthy once this year. And they were probably about as healthy as they'll get, I'd say, at the beginning of the year. That starting lineup looked great. The team looked great for one and a half games. And then Will Barton goes down. And you know we know what happens from there. But they've kept their head above water. They've really done more than that. This team is so deep in... The silver lining with these injuries is that you can see guys like Malik and Wancho really develop into themselves, and Monte Morris really establish himself as a foundational piece for this team going forward.
4: The other part of your question, Chris, the Murray-Jokic combination. I'm with you. I think Murray has done a much better job of finding Jokic in the pick and roll, and I think that action is so critical for the Nuggets. You know, maybe the most effective shot the Nuggets can get is that, that Jokic runner in, in the lane on the pick and roll. I mean, that's just money for them every single yeah. time. I mean, when Jokic is getting those shots, that a pretty good sign that the Nuggets offense is operating pretty close to peak performance. So Murray, you know, he showed us that wraparound pass in the pick and roll, but obviously he still has a ways to go as a playmaker. I mean, seven turnovers in this game, seven of Denver's 20 turnovers, which was a lot. Um... Murray's getting a little bit better, but he's still just 21 years old, too. Right. I mean, I know he's struggling right now a little bit, but I mean, I'm I'm just going to have to preach patience with Jamal Murray right now. I mean, the the positives still outweigh the negatives, I think, and this guy still has so much room to grow. Chris
2: actually brought that up to me. He's 21. He's two years, a year and a half younger than Monte Morris, right? He's younger than Donovan Mitchell. This is a really young guy who's still learning how to play the point guard position. Yeah, it seems like his deficiencies there have shown up a lot more this year than they did last year. I still can't quite wrap my head around why. Maybe teams are just scouting him more. Maybe there's so much tape on him now that teams know, hey, he doesn't really handle the ball well. If you pressure him in the backcourt, you might be able to force a turnover and take the Nuggets out of their offense. Maybe they're scouting those things more they're focusing in on those things more. I'm not really sure, but he is still so young, and I think people panicked a little bit at the beginning of this season when you know he wasn't playing that well, and I do think he's come around a little bit over the past month or so, and they panicked a little and said, hey, maybe we need to get Monte Morris in here as a starter. Maybe Jamal Murray isn't the long-term fit here. He's so young. He's got such a high ceiling. He's got the potential. He's got the attitude. He's got the swagger to get there. And I think it's just going to take time. The biggest mistake you can make as an NBA team is try to rush things, I think, and try to do things to move your process and move your organizational arc along quicker than you should. And it's just going to take time with Jamal Murray to develop him.
4: Murray also provided us one of the quotes of the year, nuggets-wise, after the game last night. He was asked about Nikola Jokic, and he said, there's nothing that he can't do except jump. Yeah, facts. Yeah, that's like maybe going on his Hall of Fame plaque when you know, 20 years from now or something like that. As far as I'm
2: concerned, Jamal Murray has never made an incorrect statement. Wow, okay. All he says is fact. Let's go back to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. We got one more question to get to there. Let's go there right now. Hey
5: guys, a big fan of the podcast. Appreciate you doing what you do. Uh, Really excited. And after tonight's win over the Raptors, some amazing things are happening uh, with this Nuggets team. Uh, the, The first thing I wanted to point out over the uh, past couple of weeks is, is Paul Milsap has just been absolutely amazing. And, you know, with the defense and, and rebounding, that you know, that's always going to be expected. But something really, you know, crazy has happened with, with Paul Milsap that I, I, as a fan, haven't experienced um, since uh, – uh, I mean, really since he's been with the team. And, you know, I don't find myself getting extremely frustrated uh, whenever he shoots the ball seven seconds into the shot clock. I no longer have a problem with that. Keep shooting. that That is great. And uh, also wanted to talk about Jamal Murray in tonight's game. Um, he did, I mean, the stats were really good. He did have the seven turnovers. Um, however, I, uh, you know, when we went down by one, um, he, you know, went on the pick and roll with Jokic, made a nice bounce pass, and Jokic was able to, to get it up and, uh, put us back in the lead, uh, down there, uh, late in the fourth. And, and with Jamal, you know, that pass was just huge and it, just, I think it's showing, you know, his, his steady improvement as a point guard because during that, that streak when we lost six out of seven, there was, I'm going to say three or you know four games where it's coming down to the coming down to the stretch in the fourth quarter, and you know he was in that same pick and roll type of scenario in a close game, and he would completely crap his pants. It seems like and, and threw it out of bounds literally a, a couple of different times. Um, so yeah, if you guys, uh, if I was wondering if you guys could just speak to kind of the the improvement um, of those guys and and what is of helping them to improve so much uh, in those areas uh, over the over this winning streak. Thank you very much. Hope you both have a great rest of your day.
2: Thanks for the call, man. Here's what I like about Jamal Murray. You alluded to it for a second. He did make a really good pass at the end of that game. That pocket pass to Jokic was beautiful. Am I crazy or does it seem like the ball always is in Jamal Murray's hands at the end of the game? Really regardless of who's on the floor, regardless of if Gary Harris is on the floor or not. I know he didn't play the final three quarters at Toronto, but the ball certainly seems to find Jamal Murray at the end of games. And I know he's a little bit erratic at times. I know he's going to turn the ball over at times, but if I'm looking for a guy to take a big shot in the fourth quarter, I'd rather a guy like Jamal Murray want the ball and want to be in that moment instead of him being one of those guys who just wants to defer which I think we've seen from a lot of guys on this Nuggets team in the past. That's just me, though. I'd rather have a guy who's willing to make a mistake, willing to grow in that scenario, than a guy who's going to pass it off and uh, miss the shot.
4: Yeah, Jamal is definitely not scared to make a mistake. Um, You know who else is is Malik Beasley? I mean, he he just goes in there and takes pretty ballsy shots. Um, The pressure definitely doesn't get to him. I mean, that three that he had late in the game – You know, he launched that one really early in the shot clock too, and then it ended up being a huge shot.
2: When it comes to Paul, look, this is the guy he's been for the last 12 years. He's shooting it really efficiently right now. His shooting numbers from the field and from the three best they've been since, I believe, 2010, 2011, or 2011, 2012, one of his last couple years in Utah. This is the guy that the Nuggets paid for. And, look, he's proved his worth all year on the defensive end of the floor. think he's probably been the Nuggets' second most important player this year, second most impactful player for what he's done on defense. And as of late for what he's done on offense, he's a guy the Nuggets can give it to at the end of games. He's a guy who can get a bucket when that offense isn't operating on all cylinders. He's been a killer. He's got his powers back, as he said at shoot-around a couple days ago, a little cheeky Space Jam reference he made. But, I mean... This is the guy the Nuggets thought they were getting last year, right? And if last year didn't happen, people would probably have a much different image about Paul Millsap right now, right? Like everything Nuggets fans, everything most people think about Paul Millsap right now is all in relation to the guy we saw last year. The guy who looked uneasy at the beginning of the year, kind of struggled to fit in with the team and what they were doing on the offense, then came back at the end of the year, was playing with one hand, struggled at times, had some big games at times, but was a little inconsistent. Everything is based off that guy, right? And instead of everything, it's kind of being based on what he's done this year, I think.
4: Yeah, this looks like the four-time All-Star, Paul Millsap. He was in Atlanta. Um, you know, I, I think that the Millsap and Jokic, their styles are meshing together really well right now. The Nuggets are outscoring opponents by ten point one points per hundred possessions when those two are on the floor. One ten point six offensive rating, one hundred point five defensive rating. You know, Jokic is bringing the effort on defense, which you know I think has been a process for Millsap to to kind of bring Jokic along in the defensive end and 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 really get him to understand that it's important to bring it every night on defense and you know, the Nuggets are playing Jokic ball right now, and and Millsap is kind of picking his spots to get those tough buckets in the mid-range beautifully. I mean, it's just almost, you know, the optimum mixing and matching between their styles right now.
2: Here's a question for you. How do you think things would have changed this year? How do you think the narrative around this team would be different if this year has gone exactly like it has? The Nuggets have the third best defense in league. But what if that was coming off a year where they were 15th in defense instead of 23rd? How would the Nuggets be viewed right now? Would it be any different or would it be kind of the same narrative that's attached to this team right now? Uh,
4: It would would be a little bit different. I mean, I, I think if Paul Millsap was just healthy last year, you wouldn't have like People in the media, prominent people in the media, saying, "Oh, Paul Millsap is the Ian Desmond of the Nuggets or something like that." Right. I mean, Millsap. If you if you look at you know his career before last year, he never got hurt. It was just a freak thing. You know, he's he's a durable player. He's a consistent player. So it was just a really tough break. I mean, you know, Millsap being on in the first year of that that huge deal, but this is this is the Millsap the Nuggets thought they were getting. I mean, and he was really the perfect player for this roster.
2: I guess what I'm saying is if the Nuggets were a top 15 defense last year and this year they're the third best defense in the league, would people be taking this defense for what it is and saying, there's no smoke here. The Nuggets are an elite, elite defense. They were the 15 defense in the league, 15th best defense in the league last year. Now they're the third best defense in the league. This is kind of a natural progression of being together for a year. Because now, yeah, they're the third best defense in the league. People are buying into it to an extent, but everybody still expects there to be a bit of regression here. Do you think that if they had been that league average defense last year, people would be saying, and I don't even know who I'm referring to when I say people, but just everybody out there would be saying, yeah, this is an elite top-tier defense for sure. There's no doubt in my mind there's no regression coming.
4: Oh, okay. I, I think I see what you're saying now. Um, yeah, it would, it would be a, a little easier to accept that the Nuggets are defending at an elite level. Are you to the point where you think they can finish somewhere in the top five in, in defensive efficiency now? <sighs>
2: I'm there. I'm there. And I mean, anything now below 15th would be a big disappointment for sure. Yeah based on how they've started there's no reason to think they can't keep this up they've played a tough schedule they've played a lot of tough teams they've played a lot of really good offenses and this defense hasn't really waned i i don't think there's any reason why they can't finish in the top 5
4: yeah uh, i think i think top 7 is i would probably bet on it actually i th- i think they can finish in the top 7 top 5 that's that's difficult to maintain, but I mean, it's it's been so impressive, and, and
2: I think it's for real. I do too, and also what the Nuggets are realizing right now, I think they're getting the message across to themselves that we can be a really good offense, or I mean, we can be a really good defense, and it doesn't have to impact our offense. Like, we can be a top five defense, and we can still be one of the best offenses in the league. I think they believe that both those things can happen to them at the same time because I'm not sure the offense is even there yet, right? They're still just at ninth or tenth overall in offensive efficiency. I still think there's a ways I can climb up. still. And I
4: don't think the offense is going to get there until Will Barton comes back. Right. I just don't think they can go to that level, although – they are getting close. I mean, they're they're averaging the most assists in the NBA over their last nine games. I believe they've been thirty or they've been at thirty or more assists in five of those nine games. So we're getting pretty close to, you know, an an A version of, of the Nuggets offense. I would probably say it's like at a B plus over these last nine games or something, but we're not gonna see that A A plus until Barton comes back.
2: I agree with you. That's a good point. I don't think we see that offense until Barton comes back too. My final question for you—I don't know if you've got anything else on uh, this Wednesday edition of the show. My question for you is: Luka Doncic had a team-high 21 points night for the Mavs. They take down the Portland Trailblazers. Blazers. Believe they're now 12 and 10 on the season. Christian Clark, are the Mavs going to be a playoff team this year? <laughs> uh, I know you want to say it. Oh, I
4: know you want it. I- you're trying to rope me into this, aren't you? Um, yeah. Man, shout out to Luka Doncic. DeAndre
2: Jordan had 12 and 17 tonight. Harrison Barnes locked up CJ McCollum, limited him to 18 points. Wesley Matthews is looking good. <laughs> Dennis Smith is playing well.
4: Did you see how much ground Luca covered on that step back that, that essentially sealed the game?
2: His step, he covers so much ground in a step back. It's, it's insane. My guy, Dwight Powell's in the rotation consistently. Now JJ Barea is doing his thing off the bench. Our old pal, Devin Harris is playing consistently. I mean, Christian, this has all the makings <laughs> of a playoff team.
4: I love the Dwight Powell's your guy. I don't know why that's, that's one of the best ways to explain you. Um,
2: you know, sometimes GMs just have those guys they love. Danny Ainge has Kyrie Irving, Daryl Morey, probably Chris Paul is his guy. Maybe Elton Brand's guy is Jimmy Butler. My two guys are Joe Harris and Dwight Powell.
4: <laughs> oh, man. It's a great way to explain you.
2: I need an answer, though. I need an answer. Are the Dallas Mavericks a playoff team?
4: No, they're not making the playoffs, man. Oh, man. Not this year. Man, damn. Next year? Oh, I don't know, man. I don't know.
2: <laughs> they don't have their pick next year. <laughs> That's very true. They better be good this year. All right, you got anything else before we get out of here? No. Shout out to Luca and a step back. Shout out to Luca and a step back. That's all the time we got for today, guys. Be back to record another episode of the pod after the Magic game that will release on Thursday. Talk to you guys then. Hey, BSN listeners. Really excited to tell you about a game-changing coffee. Stravacraft Coffee can't make any claims, but this CBD-enriched coffee has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so got to make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, decreased anxiety, you name it. CBD is all-natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it anymore to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN. 2010 at checkout that's promo code bsn2018 at checkout get it shipped straight to your door